The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Hi there, and welcome to the first release of the Electric Vicuna Production Podcast for 2019, Episode 65. More original audio drama from 15 years of production. I'm Jack Ward. It seems that lately my head has been in as many worlds of other writers as it has been in my own. There's a kind of joy I get when I can adapt something from the written word into audio drama. Not only is it familiar to the audience usually, but it exercises different writing skills. I forget who, but someone mentioned to me that writing an adaptation was like ripping out all the pages of a book, but keeping the cover, and then gluing some of the pages back in place, but not necessarily in the same order. Might have been Jerry Robbins, I can't remember. A couple of episodes back, we listened to my adaptation of The Most Dangerous Game, and I felt that to lessen the impact of too much narration, I had to bookend the story with a couple of added scenes. Well, tonight's adaptation comes from a single-page short story by John Collier. And if you've never read the short story, but the story itself still seems a little familiar, you may remember the Rod Serling adaptation for The Twilight Zone of the same name. Well, you know, I am no Rod, but for your approval, I present to you tonight's feature, The Chaser. Storms come in all shapes and sizes. Striding through swollen puddles in a dismal downpour, Alan Austin, as nervous as a kitten, tumbled up a certain dark and creaky stairs in the neighborhood of Pell Street. Alan was the kind of man who always seemed about to tumble anywhere, everywhere, all at once. Through the curtain of rain, Alan peered for a long time on the dim landing before he found the name he wanted written obscurely on one of the doors. Down the crooked hallway, like an abandoned bowling lane with wooden floorboards once brightly polished, now as cancerous as an old man's leg. The last of the three sixes had long since fallen off, leaving a marred stain behind. He pushed open the apartment door as he had been told to do, and found himself shaking and patting off the wet in his coat. He unfastened all the buttons, but didn't remove the coat, finding nowhere to hang it. The tiny room contained no furniture other than a plain kitchen table, a rocking chair, and an ordinary chair. A dozen bottles and jars sat on one of the shelves that were pressed against the dirty buff-colored walls. Sitting in the rocking chair, an old man, older than time itself, was reading a newspaper. Uh, uh, excuse me? Yes? I was told that you can, uh, you can, you can help me. Yes? Oh, right, right, the card, the card, the, I have it right here. (laughs) I don't need it back. Alan, I'd rather new clients kept my cards. You never know when someone else might need my services or may require something different. And just as you've been given my calling card, you can provide it to them. Have a seat. Go ahead. Pull the chair over here from the card table. Uh, okay, uh, uh, uh. 
Uh, nice place you have here. It serves its purposes. Yeah, I, I don't mean to be rude. Impossible. I value exactness, not tactness. I had to have another look. You, you, you see, you said a card table, but to me that looks like a kitchen table. In fact, it, you know, it looks a lot like the table I had as a child. I suppose many things can have dual purposes. Maybe some people eat at such a table. I enjoy games of chance. Oh, do you run a regular card game? Of a sort. <laughs> when often? Games of chance are only truly fun when all the odds are stacked in the house's favor. But tell me, Alan, what brings you here? Mm. Uh, is it true? True? I think you'll find truth is not an exact science. And I told you, I deal in exactness of all things. Is it true? That you have a certain mixture that has our quite extraordinary effects? My dear sir, my stock in trade is not very large. I don't deal in laxatives and teething mixtures. But such as it is, my aperitifs are varied. I think nothing I sell has effects which could be precisely described as ordinary. Well, I, I mean, the fact is, I here, just... Here, for example. Here is a liquid as colorless as water. Almost tasteless. Quite imperceptible in coffee, wine, or any other beverage. It is also quite imperceptible to any known method of autopsy. Do you mean it's a poison? Hmm. Because I, I, I'm, I'm not looking for anything like that. Call it a glove cleaner if you like. Maybe it'll clean gloves. I've never tried. One might call it a life cleaner. Lives need cleaning sometimes. Oh, I, I want nothing of that sort. So you say. Probably it's just as well. Do you know the price of this? The, I couldn't imagine. No, I'll bet you couldn't. For one teaspoonful of this intoxicant, which is sufficient, I ask five thousand dollars. Never less. <laughs> what? Not a penny less. Well, yeah, you. I hope all your mixtures aren't as aren't as eh, expensive. Or uh, the man who gave me your card has wasted both of our times. Oh dear, no. <laughs> It would be no good charging that sort of price for a love potion, for example. Young people who need a love potion very seldomly have $5,000. Otherwise, they wouldn't need a love potion. <sighs> you have no idea how glad I am to hear this. I look at it this way. Please a customer with one item, and he'll come back when he needs another. Even if it is more costly. He will save up for it. If necessary. So, ah, uh, you really do sell <clears throat> love potions? <laughs> if I did not sell love potions, I should not have mentioned the other matter to you. It is only when one is in a position to oblige 
that one can afford to be so confidential after all. Ah, here it is. The, 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 these, these potions, they aren't just, uh, you know. Oh no, their effects are permanent and extend far beyond the mere casual impulse. But they include it. Oh yes, they include it. Bountifully, insistently, everlastingly. Dear me, oh how very exciting. But consider the spiritual side. Oh, oh I do, I do, I most certainly do, yes. For indifference, the elixir substitutes devotion for scorn, adoration. Give one tiny measure of this to the young lady. Its flavor is imperceptible in orange juice soup or cocktails. And however gay and giddy she is, she will change altogether. She will want nothing but solitude and you. I can hardly believe it. She is so fond of parties. Oh, she will not like them anymore. She will, in point of fact, be afraid of the pretty girls you may meet. She will actually be jealous? Of me? Yes. She will want to be everything to you. Well, she is already, only she she doesn't care about it. Oh, she will when she has taken this. She will care intensely. You will be her sole interest in life. Wonderful. She will want to know all you do. All that has happened to you during the day. Every word of it. She will want to know what you are thinking about. Why you smile suddenly. Why you are looking so sad. That is love. Yes. How carefully she will look after you. She will never allow you to be tired. To sit in a draft. To neglect your food. If you are an hour late... She will be terrified. She will think you're killed or that some siren has caught you. Oh, I, I can hardly imagine Diana like that. Oh, you'll not have to use your imagination. <laughs> and by the way, since there are always sirens, if by chance you should later on slip a little, you need not worry. She will forgive you. In the end, she'll be terribly hurt, of course, but she will forgive you in the end. That will not happen. Of course not. But if it did, you need not worry. She would never divorce you. Oh, no. And of course, she will never give you the least, the very least grounds for uneasiness. And, 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 and how much is this wonderful filter? <laughs> it is not as dear as the glove cleaner. Or life cleaner, as I sometimes call it. No. That is $5,000. Never a penny less. One has to be older than you are to indulge in that sort of thing. One has to save up for it. But the love potion? Oh, this? It's just a dollar. Just a dollar? That's what I said. 
and it's overpriced as it is. <laughs> sold, dear sir, sold. I uh, have uh, 35, 60, 80, 95, 6, 7, 8, and 3 more pennies. Make a dollar. I can't tell you how grateful I am. I just, I, I can't, I, uh, oh, I would like to oblige. Uh, Here, don't drop it. I find that satisfied customers come back later in life when they are better off and want more expensive things. Remember, give this tiny vial. I know it doesn't look like much, but give it all to your young lady. Its flavor is imperceptible in orange juice soup or cocktails, and you will find it very effective. Thank you. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll be on my way. Goodbye. Au revoir. Exit Alan Austin, a man whose mission to this empty part of town is complete. A young man who never asked how the old man in the apartment knew his name and never once asked for his in return. Alan Austin, whose joy knows no bounds. Joy that is only momentarily forgotten as he flips his coat collar up to rebuff the gathering wind along the street. The rain has let up, but there are still storm clouds mounting in the distance. He doesn't understand why, but the dark clouds on the horizon give him a brief feeling of unease in his stomach, a passing shiver that is overwhelmingly drowned in his love for Diana, his Diana. A little skip in his gait, giddiness in his heart, and the certainty, oh, how certain he is, that he'll never return to this dingy street again. You've just listened to The Chaser by John Collier. Audio adaptation written by Jack J. Ward. Post-produced and mixed by Scott Mosher. With original music by Sharon B. Starring Joe Stofko as the narrator. Jeffrey Adams as Alan Austin. And introducing Carlos Mendoza as the old man. The Chaser is a part of the Dark Musings anthology. This has been an Electric Vicuna production. Unlike the most dangerous game, I wanted to run as closely to the text as possible in the original Chaser by John Collier. I still felt that I needed a slight narration to set up the scene, as there was a lovely bit of mood and setting that needed to be identified. The short story ends with the old man saying, Au revoir, which for those of you French speakers would know that it doesn't mean strictly goodbye, but rather, until I see you again. The old man is aware of one of the timeless messages of life. Be careful of what you wish for. And it is my hope, and all of those here at Electric Vicuna, that your wish is for more original audio drama, because we'll be seeing you next time. Until then, I'm Jack Ward. Good night. This has been an Electric Vicuna production.